Hello listeners and welcome back to the Mike Penguin Podcast. Today I've been asked to um, discuss the time that I went to Japan, which was a trip I took, uh, I think it was two, two years ago in November. And, you know, one of my friends said, hey, this would be, you know, it'd be a good thing to talk about. You know, people are interested interested in that type of stuff. I thought maybe I should, you know, share that and see if people, you know, want to hear that. So I think I'll just, I think I'll start off just kind of talking about the culture of Japan. And it, like a, like a kind of like a, a prologue or something like a before thought. And then I'll actually get into the actual trip. So yeah, it was last year on November, we went to Japan. Was it last year? I don't remember when it was, but one, one, a year that's not this one, my my family went to Japan. And I've always had a, a bit of admiration for Japanese culture. Uh, the Japanese people are very, all usually very nice and respectful. And the culture is basically based about, based around respect and being a hard worker. And I feel like in Japan, when someone isn't doing well, the mentality is never, oh, the system is biased against me, or they don't blame it on some outside force. The mentality is always, oh, I need to work harder, I need to do better, you know, to improve myself and get me to where I need to be. I get the impression that when they see someone who's successful, they believe that that person worked hard to get there. Good customer service is also you know, it's like taking pride in your job is a huge thing. And it doesn't matter what you do, who you are. You know, you do your job at like 120% no matter what. Because I, that's just, that's kind of how people are raised there. And that's just kind of, that's kind of what's expected of you if you're in Japan. And I think, I think that's a good thing. I think I admire the the respect and the diligence that they approach their work with and stuff like that. I think more people, you know, should aim to do that and to be diligent in, you know, whatever they do. I think, we could, I think especially in America, we use a lot of more of that. And, you know, as much as I uh, kind of admire and love the Japanese culture, there's, you know, there's a good and bad side to everything. And uh, one of the things is that this, the kind of like work hard all the time culture, like the, I guess here it's like, those people who are like, oh, we don't need to sleep, whatever. <laughs> Those people who sleep like three hours a day and, and like brag about it or something like that. But it's kind of the work hard all the time culture. And it can be harmful. There is actually a term in Japan called karoshi, karoshi which translates to overwork death. And it's exactly what it sounds like. In Japan, uh, working overtime without pay is more seen as being a dedicated employee and boosting company morale but working working this much can lead to legitimate health risks and even death some people are actually some people are consumed by stress and there are some work related suicides and there was actually a case of a woman who worked and this is crazy she worked 159 hours of overtime in a month and she died, and she then died of heart failure. And I did the math, and 159 hours a month is five hours a day. So imagine, 
<laughs> imagine whatever job you have, whatever takes up most of your day, imagine doing an extra five hours of that every day. And that's how hard she was working. And the Japanese government knows this is a problem and they're attempting to, attempting to rectify it. And they passed a new policy that restricted, I'm not sure. I read this, but I'm not sure exactly when this happened, but they passed a new policy that restri it restricted monthly overtime to 100 hours. So in 2011, work-related deaths peaked at 2,700 that year. But in 2019, the number is now 1,900. So I'm glad they've made improvements in that area. But overall, I think Japan is a great place. Um, especially as a foreigner from the looking outside in, that's just one of the problems I've seen, that I've, I've observed in that specific culture. And that was a bit, kind of felt like a bit of a tangent, but I think it's just important to know that no matter where you go, you know, it's not, there's no utopia here on earth, you know what I mean? It's like sometimes, I feel like a lot of times people romanticize uh, certain locations like France and, or wherever people are like, oh, I want to go here one day. And they think this place is like so perfect. And a lot of people will immigrate to European countries or English speaking countries and think, Oh, it's going to be like, oh, everything's going to be so easy there. Life's going to be so great. We're all going to be rich. But no, there's nothing like that here. So wherever you go, there's always a nice side and there's always a bad side. So just, you know, just to keep that in perspective. Uh, so with that being said, let me give you like a, I guess like a kind of traveler's guide of things to be aware of and things that are culturally relevant and expected of you in Japan. So people don't automatically assume you're like a dumb foreigner when you go there. Uh, these, are, these are just some things I looked up before I went to Japan. Before I actually took the trip, I looked these up. To, you know, I think it's important if you're going somewhere that's completely foreign, you kind of want to know the rules, and so you don't at least you don't get yourself in trouble doing something that you might think is normal, but they think is weird. So I think that's good, and also it. Will probably save you for, from being disrespectful disrespectful to their culture. So one of the first things is uh, don't eat while walking. Or don't, like just, if you're going to eat in public, that you're not at a restaurant, just eat like outside of a vending machine where you got the food or, you know, and, and be very wary of your trash because Tokyo is a very, very clean city. And people are very conscious of keeping keeping the streets clean I actually, I literally don't remember seeing any litter or grime when I was there. Like, it, it was honestly, it was very weird. Because, you know, you go to a city and you expect, like, you expect, you have to get, like, people go to cities for, like, you know, whatever, like, shopping or what, whatever people do in cities. And then you kind of expect, like, oh, well, I go to the city and there's going to be, like, this corner is going to be homeless people. And this corner is going to be, like, the piles of garbage and this corner is going to be this and then I get to where I want to go the nice place but I don't I really don't remember seeing any litter at all in Tokyo which is it's it's honestly bizarre it's it's because you expect that when you go to a city but I didn't see that anywhere like the streets are basically spotless another thing is um don't talk on the bus or train I guess it's just kind of seen as like annoying or disruptive and people like to ride in peace and <laughs> it's kind of funny because you'll go in the train 
and it's it's silent the whole time and you can just hear the train like going on the tracks and or if you're in the bus you can just hear the like wherever you are like they don't whenever you're on pub, public transportation you know, you're supposed to be quiet and that's just I guess, I guess that's just what everyone expects or if you do have to talk you know just try to talk very quietly and don't don't you know make a scene or whatever also if you're eating rice with chopsticks apparently if you if you stick like if you stick the chopsticks in the rice like straight up it's like um it's something they do at funerals so if you do that in public i guess it's seen as disrespectful or can remind someone of a loved one they lost or it's just don't stick your chopsticks in rice if you're in japan that's that's what i've heard i've never seen that but I, that's, that's something i heard um, also in Japan, if you're sick, you're expected to wear a mask because, you know, wearing a mask presents, uh, the spread of all diseases. I think that's pretty smart. I knew, I knew some people at my high school used to wear a mask when they were sick because it makes sense if you're sick, you know, you cover up so you don't infect other people. So in Japan, that's like, it's, it's very common to see people wearing face masks in Japan because that's, that's just what they do. Um, also, here are some terms I think I learned from the trip. I think if you go somewhere where the language is completely different and you don't, you know, like you do, not not everyone you, you meet is going to be speaking English because the the main language is something completely different. I think you should learn a few terms in that language just to, you know, kind of get around a little easier. So, uh, <laughs> I'm going to try to pronounce these as best I can. So, uh, if I pronounce them wrong excuse me but one is arigato gozaimasu which is thank you very much so just the basic like thank you like if you like in france it's merci in spanish it's gracias just if if someone helps you out or gives you food at a restaurant you say oh just arigato gozaimasu and then there's ones like uh sumimazen which means excuse me or sorry so if you want to get someone's attention you can say sumimasen, as in like, excuse me, um, help me with this, or can, can you do this? Or if you, I guess, bump into somebody in a crowd, you say, oh, sumimasen, or something happens. Something you can use a lot, actually, is a daijobu, which means, like, oh, that's okay, or oh, no, th- no thanks, like, oh, that that's fine. Like if, uh, one time I was at a shop or something, they were offering... I forgot, like a pamphlet or something, and I was like, oh, daijoubu. And they were like, oh, okay. Like, it's like, oh, oh, I'm fine. I'm, I'm, I'm okay. Well, I think you can, I think you can also use it in the context of like, if you were to fall and like scrape your knee and someone was like, oh, are you, are you okay? Like, oh, daijoubu. You know, like, oh, I'm good. I'm good. I'm good. You know? And then there's, ego wakari, <laughs> excuse me. There's ego wakarimasuka. Which means, do you understand English? So if you if you really need someone to like explain something in a way that you really understand it, then you can say, "Oh, ego, ego, wakarimasuka." So it's find someone who can speak English and explain something to you in you know your language. You can you can understand it better. And last one is blank and it's doko deska. So it's weird because 
I don't know Japan ver Jap Japanese very well, but doko desu ka means like, where is. So really, you say what you're looking for, and then you say, doko desu ka? And then, I guess the, the subject comes before the question. If I'm getting that right. Yeah, I think the subject comes, so you say, uh, IHOP, doko desu ka? And so it's like you're saying, where is IHOP? But in English, it's like IHOP, where is? But, you know, you know how other languages are. Sometimes they switch the subjects and verbs and all that. So now I think I'm going to talk about uh, the actual trip. <laughs> okay, the first thing we're going to talk about is toilets. The toilets, I know you probably didn't expect me to talk about toilets, but... Just hear me out. Japanese toilets are literally from the future. Like, I, I went to a public restroom. <laughs> and I was convinced that the toilet had more features on it than my phone. I It's going to sound like a commercial, but just, just give me a minute. Like, the, the toilet lids, they open automatically, first off. They just open automatically. I don't know how they do that, but they do that. And they have heated seats. Like, most cars I've been in don't even have heated seats. But this, all the toilets in Japan have heated seats. There's a feature that allows you to play music or sounds from nature. So, I guess it's like... I think it's, um... I guess it's like if you want to block out the sound of you going to the bathroom, you can, like, use that sound. Or maybe if you're, like, a shy restroom goer, you can use sound to, like... You know, I, I guess that's just for convenience and stuff like that. And I know everyone, everyone, another question that's burning in your heart is like, oh, is there a bidet? And it's like, yes, there's a bidet. But I have never used a bidet because I'm, I'm honestly just too scared. And there's a built-in deodorizer. So it's like um that poo-pooty that your, your, all your moms use. No, you don't need that, okay? The, it's in the toilet. It's already in the toilet. So no need for Febreze or none of that. It's in the toilet. Febreze is in the toilet in Japan. And I'm sure there was a like there were so many buttons on there. I didn't test everything out, but <laughs> it's very interesting. Like the toilets, it's like it's like the toilet you would expect to see on like a NASA spaceship. It's like oh you go and this is the type of toilet they have, and it's just everyone has it. I guess I don't know. It's so common there. Like, having that type of toilet is basically just like having a phone. It's like everyone has that type of toilet. It has all those features on it. And, yeah, it's interesting. Okay, and then I think the first place we went to was a... No, no, no. First we went to McDonald's, okay? We went to McDonald's. And I, I don't I don't like McDonald's, okay? Whatever you think, you can judge me, whatever. It's not good. If you If you like McDonald's... You're wrong. I'm sorry, but it's not good. But um, the McDonald's in Japan, it's better. <laughs> like I could, I could not cook better food if I tried. Like the McDonald's in Japan is like it tastes so real. It tastes genuine. Like I felt like they actually cooked it. Like I don't, I don't like. You go to McDonald's and everything kind of feels like. You know, like, you can kind of tell it, it doesn't, 
feel or taste right. But I really felt like it was like when I'm at McDonald's in McDonald's in Japan, it was like a home cooked meal. And you know, of course, like I just said, they have this whole attitude of respect and this and that. They had the best customer service. The waiters are always checking. And this is McDonald's, by the way. Tell me, go to McDonald's. Go to McDonald's. Dine in, and see if the waiters ever check on you. Just, no, just see, see. I promise you, they don't. No offense, McDonald's, but I promise you, the waiters are not checking on you at McDonald's. But in Japan, the waiters are always checking on you, and you never have to wait long for food. And the food was always worth the price. Like no matter where you went, the food was always worth the price. Uh, except if you see a tourist trap. Most time, if you go, if you ever go to a a non-English speaking country, all the tourist traps have like American names. Like <laughs> it'll be something so dumb, like Tokyo Burgers or something like that. Like uh, I don't. That, you can tell a tourist traps very easily. Some are very easy to spot. Like oh, Tokyo Pizza. And it's like they don't like pizza's not native to Japan. Like they're not. Selling pizza everywhere, on every corner of Japan. Like, those are tourist traps, so... Watch out for those. But, um, then we went to a museum. And I'm not usually a fan of museums, but... This one was pretty cool. There was a lot of history. Um, they showed Japan was, like, really huge on fishing back in the day. Which makes sense, because it's really just, like, one big island, so... I guess your main... You know, income and trading and all that would be fish and there was some really nice paintings there too really nice paintings and I think honestly the best part of the museum was like I don't know it was this happened a lot actually during that week there was like a, I think there was like a lot of school field trips or something during that week and yeah we sometimes we would go places and there'd be like a lot of school kids but at the museum there was a bunch of school kids and there was a bunch of these uh it was mainly the guys acting up. The girls were nice, but the guys were acting up. And there was like this two-seater buggy display. And there was like five guys in like the two-seater buggy. And they were all taking pictures of each other. And it, they, they were just, they were funny. They, they, were, they were goofing around. There was another group. Like there was like this, um, there was this building like in the middle of the museum. And they were taking pictures outside, and then they formed like a, what do you call it? Uh, like a human pyramid. Like, they stacked up on top of each other. <laughs> and that was pretty funny. At least I thought it was. Okay, also another thing, I feel like I, I'd have to get this out the way. Um, <laughs> The average height in Japan is 5'2". And I am 6'3". And... I think there were about five times throughout the trip where someone would stop me and ask to take a picture because of how tall I was. Like, I was basically a zoo animal. Like, they were like, oh, look at, like, the giraffe. Wow, look at, and they're like, oh, can we get a picture? And like, but they, they, everyone was very nice about it. And in the museum, some of the, uh, some of the school girls, some of the school girls were there and like, asked me to take a picture of them because of how tall I was. And then there was a, a couple there also they asked me to take a picture with them, so that happened a few times. Actually, I think there was a time at uh at McDonald's at well, we went to McDonald's. like there was two times we went to McDonald's. The first time at the beginning of the trip, and then one time at the end of the trip. 
think the second time we went, I felt like there were some employees who like saw me and were like, well, and they want to take a picture, but like, you know, they were <laughs> trying to stay professional. So they just kind of didn't ask, but I felt like I, I kind of got that vibe from them that they were like, whoa. So I know, I guess being, being tall is very uncommon in Japan. I, I don't think I ever saw anyone taller than me or even my height. So yeah, I got, I was, um, I was a tourist, but they were taking pictures. So that was interesting. Interesting. And also in the museum, there was this, um, a very minimalist, like old Japanese house, like paper walls kind of thing, like sliding doors. There was no chairs, like a very small mattress. And it was very, I don't know, it was very interesting to see like people really live like that. It's like your house is like, you have so few possessions. It's like, it's, it's kind of weird. And then I think the next day we went to a, a shrine in Asakusa, if I pronounced that right. There were some cool statues, you know, in buildings, and there was a spot that had some, uh, like some, I guess, like incense or smoke rising. People were like wafting the smoke, <laughs> and and uh, there was also a fountain, like with like a it's like a statue, and there's like a fountain around it. And some of the people were like sipping some of the water. I guess it was supposed to be like a good luck thing, like the incense or whatever that was. And that um that kind of it kind of got me thinking a little bit because uh, I know it's a very like that's one like one of the big like attractions, you know. It's a very touristy kind of spot. And, you know, to me, it's, like, just a bunch of, like, cool statues and symbols. But, you know, some people there probably actually believe in it. So I kind of wonder if some people might have maybe had, like, a negative attitude towards this shrine being so commercialized. And me, for me as a Christian, it kind of reminded me of, like, um, Jesus in the Bible. When he was upset that people had basically turn the church into a marketplace. And I thought that that was just an interesting thought that came to me when I was there. I was kind of like, hmm, like how do like if someone someone who actually believed in these shrines or like Shinto or Hindu, like would they like do they think this is okay or like I think that was an interesting question, but but actually Japanese people like they they I think they try not to be too opinionated on things, so even if I, I don't know, I don't speak Japanese, so it's not like I asked somebody about that, so I don't know. It was just interesting to me, interesting thought. Uh, next up is the Bunny Cafe, and I hope that's self-explanatory. It's like a cafe where you go to see bunnies. So I hope, <laughs> I hope that it, that was self-explanatory. But, um... I'm going to take another time to go on off a little bit of a tangent. But tea in Japan is just different. Like Japan, hands down, is the best tea in the world. I think it has to do with like they have like a... It's like rice and tea in Japan. They have a very like long culture in Japan. Just like they've just been doing that for a long time. 
I think they've really just perfected those things. And I'm glad they do because I, I don't drink coffee. So, you know, which is what you usually expect from a cafe. So, like, their their tea is so good. And, and actually, during this whole, like, um the time period I was in the Bunny Cafe, all the drinks were free. And honestly, <laughs> I think it's funny because, like, I... I asked for tea. I don't, they, I don't think they were expecting it. Because, like, I think most people just go to the bunny cafe to see the bunnies. And then they just leave. But I actually wanted some tea when I was there. Because the tea is so good. And they kind of went. I don't, I, don't, I don't think they were expecting me to actually ask for tea. Which is, which is pretty funny. Even though it's a cafe. But, yeah. The, the, it was a lot of fun. And I got to. I had to take off my shoes and put on this uh, little apron. That was definitely too small for me, cause things don't fit me when you things don't fit when you're six three. But um, yeah, I was allowed to feed the bunnies, and it was it was pretty cool. Yeah, I forgot their names. They had really cool names. I mean, maybe they were just basic names in Japan, but to a foreigner like me, those names sounded really cool. Then there was oh this was a really good one part. This is a uh, the Akihabara store, and they had a bunch of stuff. They had like Marvel, <clears throat> anime, Gundam, Toy Story, Star Wars, lots of Pokemon. Um, basically just a nerd's dream. So I'm a little bit of a nerd, so I enjoyed that part. And uh, they had they just had like an abundance of stuff. I. There was too much stuff to even count. They had Legos and all that stuff. And yes, I'm man enough to admit that I purchased a dancing Pikachu toy. And if you have a problem with that, then uh, feel free to video call me anytime. And I will prove to you why it was worth every penny. Because it looks good. That's all I got to say. And it was worth every penny. Yeah, I don't, I don't, I don't have to defend myself. It was, it was worth it. Anyways, Shibuya Crossing was another location. Apparently, it's one of the biggest crossings. I don't know. I don't even know if this is true. But I just heard somewhere it was like the, one of the biggest crossings in the world, or something like that. One of the busiest roads, or whatever. But it's really just like a big street. Like I don't know. Like that kind of stuff doesn't really impress me too much when it's just like a big street and people just cross it because they need to get somewhere so I don't know I guess I feel like I should just put that in there okay this part there was a store or a restaurant in Shibuya called Genki Sushi which was it was very unique um and it must have been a very popular location because there was like there was a line outside and when you were in, you had like like a 30-minute or 45-minute time frame to eat and order everything. But it's definitely worth the experience. It's like when you when you go in and sit down, there's a screen above you or like in front of you. And on the screen, it's like the menu and you can, you can tap its touchscreen and all that. And you can go through the menu and when you see what you want, you, you tap on it and you press the purchase button. And then a few minutes, your food comes out to you on a tray on a conveyor belt and you take the food off the tray you press on the screen and the tray just goes back 
in the on the conveyor belt into the kitchen and it's like it just it's like why are there waiters in this place like no just just do that the whole time like, and it's just i don't know that it's so it's something so simple but it's so cool at the same time it's just oh you go to your restaurant and then you just tap on the screen your food comes out to you on a tray you take it off and the tray just goes back in the kitchen for the next order and it's it's so simple but it's so i don't know it, that that just <laughs> something about that was so simple but it just blew my mind and it was cool and yeah it's i think it's, it's, it's a very underrated experience i had ramen with a spring roll and some cake and I was actually tempted to just keep ordering stuff so I could see it come on, come to me on a, on a conveyor belt again. Like, I wish I could just keep ordering stuff and just the tray keeps coming out. And it's just, I don't know, that experience is so cool to me. But, um, yeah, I'm also going to brag on Japan's tea again because they had, uh, what do you call it? They had like a green powder when you mix it in with hot water. It becomes green tea. And yeah, I know there's there's green tea in America and there's green there's powdered tea in America. But it's just different in Japan. Like the tea I don't even know how to describe it, but it just blends everything it blends so perfectly. It tastes better. It just it's just better in Japan. Tea is just I don't know what I don't know what they do. They have like this whole process too. I actually ordered I actually ordered some uh green tea at a mall once. And this lady, she had like this whole routine she went through. Like she couldn't, she couldn't just like boil the water and then put it in a cup and then give it to me. It was like she boiled it and then she had to like shake it and then put the tea in there and then shake it some more and then do the flip and do this little thing. And I like she had a whole routine. I wish I could have recorded it. I guess I just didn't think about that. But she had this whole routine before she could actually even give me the tea, and it was like. I don't know. That's just they just really take that, you know, seriously and they and they I mean, it pays off cuz they have the best tea ever. Uh, so yeah. So if you ever if you ever do get the chance to go to Japan, um I 100% recommend Genki Sushi. Um I'm not sponsored by them. I would love to be sponsored by them. I would love to be sponsored by anybody, but um <laughs> Yeah, Genki Sushi, that place is cool. Excuse me. Next day we went to um the zoo, Ueno Zoo. I think that's how it's pronounced. And there was pandas, gorillas, tigers, black bear, polar bear, Julian the lemur from Madagascar, uh flamingos, rhinos, Melman the giraffe from Madagascar, tortoises, kangaroos, crocodiles, gorilla the hippo from Madagascar. Maddie the zebra, oh Marty the zebra from Madagascar, all the penguins of Madagascar, porcupines, alpacas, and I've listed off all the Madagascar characters besides Alex the lion, who's the main character. But the there was actually um there was a lion at the zoo, but it literally like I how I even have a picture of the date. We were there. I don't I forget the day, but. The day we were there, I think it literally died like the day before or the day before that. It was like a day or two before we got there. And it, and it literally died like right like a day before we got there, which is kind of sad. But overall, 
zoo was really cool. I feel like I don't really feel like I have to <laughs> go into de detail about a zoo because like you know zoos are everywhere, so it's like that's it's not like Japan only has the only zoo, you know. So yeah, I know the seeing all the animals was cool. Tortoises are actually. I don't know why, but tortoises to me were like really cool, like up close and like when you can actually see them, like something about them. I don't know. They just they were just really cool, like up close and how big they were and just the wrinkles. I don't know, but I don't know. Tortoises were cool and all the animals were cool. The tiger was cool. The polar bear was really cool. They were like throwing fish at it and it was catching it. And actually, there was a there was a part where like it would like um, I don't know it was like there was like a glass, and we were all standing by the glass, and it would like pace back and forth towards the glass and away from the glass, and it would get, it got really close. Of course, there was glass there to protect us, but it got really close, and I was like, oh, that's cool. Uh, and the big finale, the grand <clears throat> finale of our grand trip was um, the Tokyo Sky Tree which is the largest structure in Japan. And we actually, we wanted to go the second day, but um, it was like really foggy and we wouldn't, have been, we wouldn't have really been able to see everything. So we had to wait till the weather was good. And I'm actually glad because <laughs> the weather wasn't like, it wasn't sunny the whole week. So the weather cleared up like just in time for us to be able to go to the sky tree. So that was cool. You went up and you could, I mean, you could really see everything. Like, it was, it was so high up. And, you know, <laughs> if you've ever been to, like, a really high building, like, you know, you go on the elevator and your ears start popping and all that. But when you went up, you could see, like, everything. And I, I've been to the Empire State Building in New York, and I promise you, this was like a thousand times better. You could you could really see everything. And I it almost felt like you could see the entire island of Japan, but I'm probably exaggerating. But it was I mean it's definitely the tallest building I've ever been on. And we could see the Sumida River. And we could see Mount Fuji. And that was probably the perfect climax to our trip. I mean I mean, that place was cool, and they had a bunch of stuff, cool stuff inside, too. And, you know, customer service, like I said, always <laughs> from McDonald's to the Tokyo Sky Tree, the customer service is on point. And um, I guess I'll just finish off about talking about, like, you know, what's what, like, makes Japan so special. Like, because Japan was probably my favorite place that I've ever been to. Or, like, visited, you know, as a trip. I think it's definitely the coolest place I've been. And, um, but the reason it's, it's so, I guess, special and the white reason it's different is because it does all, like, the little things right. Like, yeah, the food is great. It's like, yeah, the sightseeing is amazing. You know, you can find that anywhere. But what really kind of separates it and makes it different from other places is like it's attention to detail. Like like I said before, like I never saw a piece of garbage in the street, and I mean never. And we 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 were walking everywhere. We were walking a bunch of places. And I never saw a piece of garbage in the street. And it's actually it's kind of weird cuz I never saw a trash can either. So it's like there's no garbage in, like I feel like if there was no trash cans, 
Like, like, like if you went to Atlanta or New York and you removed all the trash cans, the streets would be piled up with trash the next day. But here in Japan, there's no trash cans, and then there's like also no trash in the street. It was like, where does like I guess people were just holding on to their trash the whole day? Which I mean, hey, that's that's the right thing to do, honestly. But just stuff like that, and I never felt, um, I never felt like when I was there, I never felt like someone was, um, wasn't being courteous to me, or had a bad attitude attitude towards me because I was a tourist or. Never even felt unsafe or anything. Like um, I mean, <laughs> I don't think we really were trying to go to the ghetto of Japan, but I never felt unsafe or anything like that. Um, the metro also is probably one of the easiest to navigate compared to other places I've been to. Like even even places in America that I've been to, like New York and like uh, well DC is pretty pretty easy to navigate. But <laughs> I think the metro in Tokyo is definitely easier for me to navigate than the metro in New York, which I've been to. Um, yeah, which is surprising because, like, everything's in a different language. So you'd think, you know, that would be a huge barrier. But no. And then also the um, all the, you know, metro attendants were very helpful, very nice. You know, always. <laughs> and I, I was kind of kind of um funny to see them like whenever i would say oh, arigato gozaimasu like thank you very much they'd always be like like they didn't expect me to know that <laughs> so they were, they would always smile when i said that and that was cool to see um like i said customer service phenomenal best ever period don't at me um also even in the train stations they um like when you're walking, they have to have arrows on the ground to tell you where to go, so to minimize the flow of traffic of people in there. Like even on the stairs, it's like there's like arrows going up and arrows going down, so everyone knows. Okay, if I'm going this way, I need to be in this side of the stairs, so that those other people on the other side can go to where they're going. And like I'm like, what? Why is this not everywhere? <laughs> like it makes so much sense. It just Japan just makes sense. Everything they do just makes sense, you know. Oh, I forgot to tell y'all about the um, the, the restaurant in the zoo. There was a restaurant in the zoo. And I don't know what happened, but this restaurant, I ordered this dish with like rice and curry. And I promise that was the best curry I've ever had in my entire life. That might be the best dish I've ever had in my entire life. Like if I ever go back to Japan, I'm going straight to the zoo. And I'm ordering some more of that curry. Because that curry was so good. I could not leave that out. That curry was so good. Yeah, I mean, it kind of doesn't... <laughs> I don't know if it's entertaining hearing me talk about curry. But it was... it was. I can't, like, explain to you how good it was, obviously. But it was so good. And I was like, if I ever go back to Japan again, I'm going straight to the zoo. And I'm getting another bowl of that curry. Because it was so good. Uh, also the people there are so helpful. Like there were a few times we were looking at a map, trying to figure out where we should go. And I guess some people would like, they would kind of see that we're struggling and they'd be like, Oh, they're probably not from here. They're probably tourists or whatever. And they probably knew we were tourists because we were probably like the only three black people in Tokyo. Like legit. I, 
like the population is like 98% Japanese. So anyone who's not Japanese is probably a tourist. So they probably just know that off the bat. But anyways, Japan, they just they do all the little things right, like like I'm I'm telling you, the Tokyo Sky Tree, like the like the Empire State Building of Japan. The customer service there was just as good as the customer service at McDonald's. Now go anywhere in America that's like considered like I don't know, prestigious or whatever. And then go to McDonald's and tell me if that's the same atmosphere. That's not the same it's not the same atmosphere. It's just not. No offense to McDonald's, no like or you can say any restaurant. Like it's just the atmosphere is not the same, but I feel like in Japan, the McDonald's employees and the Fortune 500 CEOs have the same attitude towards their job, and it's work hard, you know, be respectful, do this, do everything right to put yourself in the position to succeed, all that, and I, I don't know, they just, they see, they do all the, little, all the little things right, and I don't know. That just kind of makes the trip, you know, because like most of life, you know, a lot of people go to these places and be like, oh, I want to see this huge mountain and I want to taste all these type of different foods and stuff. But like if you go there and then like, you know, there's like, I don't know, trash in every corner. You know, it's like, I mean, yeah, those big places are good, but like obviously you wouldn't really. It's like you want to live there because, you know, like, oh, I'm just here. It's kind of like oh, I would, I'd only go in for a vacation. I wouldn't want to stay here but japan is somewhere like i feel like i if i was if i were to go anywhere else besides america it could be japan because everything there just feels so right and everything it's just just all the little things are done so well in japan like the toilets like who goes to japan thinking oh yeah i want to go i'm going to japan to sit in a really nice toilet like no one goes to japan thinking that right but you go to Japan and all the toilets are really nice and they have these features on them and all these buttons and it's like, you know what I mean, like all the little things, that's what really makes a trip and that's what really makes kind of life, I guess. I don't know. I'm not going to get too deep right now. But yeah, that was that was my Japan trip. That was pretty cool. Also, before I left Japan, I bought like three bags of Pocky, which is like chocolate on a stick. I mean, they said they have it here in America too, but I got it in Japan. I'm special, so yeah. That was that was my trip to Japan. I hope you enjoyed it, or enjoyed me talking about toilets, really nice toilets. Uh, if there's any, if there's anything I could have done better, or maybe I could have elaborated more on, uh, just feel free to contact me or let me know at the Mike Penguin Podcast on Instagram. Uh, thank you for listening. I hope you have a blessed day. And that's a wrap.